From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, hey, what's up? Welcome to Parkway Church Online, week number 348 million or so it feels like a little bit. Uh, But we're just super excited that you're here no matter where you're tuning in from or watching from or listening from. Thanks for joining us today. You know, maybe you stumbled across this, somebody shared this with you, or you're just part of our faith community. You know, just thank you for joining. Thank you for being here with me so I'm not just staring alone at a camera, even though it kind of feels like that. It is like that, but hopefully you're on the other side. Um, If you are new, shout out to you. Thanks for tuning in this morning and joining with us. Uh, We have a small gift for you for tuning in. All you need to do is go to weareparkway.com slash connect and fill out that form and we'll connect with you and just say thanks for coming. Thanks for filling that out. Um, Everybody knows what's happening in our nation right now. We're under lockdown. And for us as a church community, it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. No doubt you've heard from our provincial government here in Ontario, uh, what their plans are for reopening Ontario. And it's not a matter of when, it's a matter of how. And so it doesn't look like anything's changing right now, but that doesn't mean that we can't gather, continue to gather as a church, even though we can't meet physically. You know, the, the idea, the term church actually means an assembly of called out ones. That's what it comes from. And so we just need to assemble differently. And we're doing that right now as we, as we meet, as we, as we worship together. Uh, we also, as part of Parkway Church, we do that in small groups, what we call life groups, uh, small communities within our larger community. You know, it's been, it's been our heart as a church. It's been Jody and I's heart, my wife's and I's heart, to, to establish life groups so that we can create a greater sense of community um, in our community. And so I really encourage you to be a part of that. I actually believe that there's a level of spiritual growth that can only be obtained when you're actually engaging with people within the faith community. You know, iron sharpens iron. And so we have a number of those that happen here at Parkway Church. We have the women's Bible study. We have the men's group. Uh, These are all online ones. Um, The marriage focus group. We have a young adult group. And I'm still looking for a couple people, one or two people to say, you know, put me in coach. I'm willing to facilitate a Sunday morning, you know, discussion, message discussion group. So if that's you, uh, just let me know and we'll get you set up. Uh, We're hanging out in the book of of Mark. We're reading from Mark chapter 1 today. So if you have a Bible, grab it Uh, right now. Take a moment, go grab it. And you can turn to Mark chapter 1. Um, if you don't have a Bible, since you're tuning in likely online or through a podcast, a couple things you can do. We are part, or we are Parkway, BibleGateway.com. Um, you can also go to the App Store and download the YouVersion Bible app, and that's the one we recommend as an app. It's free. Um, but we're going to be in Mark chapter 1, but let's just begin with a word of prayer. Uh, we want to pray for our, our nation. We want to pray for our community. But also, we want to pray today that our hearts and our minds will be open to to just hear from God today. We believe here, and I believe that God still speaks, and that as I share, He could speak. And so if you do this, if we open ourselves up to God, God, maybe today is the day um, that's just going to change your life. And so would you bow your heads, and let's just just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we we just pray to you as a God who knows all, who sees all, God who is above all. Lord, you are loving, you are kind, you are gracious and merciful, you are powerful. And we just submit this morning to you. And we just submit ourselves to you. We commit our minds and our hearts, 
Lord, and we open ourselves up to what you want to say this morning. I know I'm going to share, and I pray that you be with me as I share, but I pray most importantly that you speak to every person, Lord, that's tuning in today, that's hearing this, God. I pray that this word would not fall on deaf ears, but you'd give people ears to hear this morning. And Lord, we just pray for our our community, and we pray for our nation right now, Lord, and what's going on. We just ask, Lord, that you, as the God of all things, would intervene. It is not beyond you, God, to to exert power and authority, God, over what's happening. So we pray for wisdom for officials and leaders, God. We pray, God, for protection. And Lord, we pray for healing in the name of Jesus, God. Just have your hand, Lord. And we just trust that what what is using or being done for evil, God, that you can use for good. And so we just pray for good to come out of all of this, Lord. Bless everyone that's tuning in today. Lord, you know every situation, you know every heart. And so I just pray that you be God. And Lord, just as we again turn to your word, Uh, Speak to us today through it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. So I am actually pretty stoked about today because what we're going to be talking about is something that's actually really close to to, um, the call on my life, the reason I do what I do, and it centers around this idea that you were made for more. You know, you can write down in the chat really quick, more, made for more, you know, nudge your spouse or your kids made for more, text somebody, you were made for more. Actually do that. Get your phone out and text somebody who may need to hear that today, that you were made for more. God has a purpose for your life. Now don't tune me out, you know, don't, it's not a channel, but don't switch the channel, right? Don't, don't tune me out, listen to this. You were made for more. If you stop and you think about that, if you search yourself, Deep down inside, you know it to be true that there's a reason that you exist. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what demographic you're part of. There's a reason that you're here. And maybe you don't believe that today, but let me tell you, you may think that you're an accident. You may think you're random. You may think that you're just the result of time and slime and chance, but you're not. I believe wholeheartedly that God created you with intention, with purpose, with reason. And I think deep down inside, you, could, you, you know that to be true because something inside you says that there's more to life. And so I want to share a little bit of of my story this morning, and then we're going to read a story together, and we're going to examine it a little bit and just uh, go from there. You know, I was around 18 years old. I was studying business at Sinclair College in Windsor. I I wasn't going to church. I wasn't following God. Religion in any regard was not a part of my life. In fact, I wanted nothing to do with it. I walked away from it. I was raised in it, and then because of different circumstances, I had had enough. And so uh, basically studying for the sake of career, the pub, and friends was my life. And then because of a couple poor choices, a few poor choices, I had this encounter with, with God that really shook me. You know, it, it was a couple days after I had made a, a really poor choice. I'm sobering up in the cafeteria at St. Clair College, and I hear this voice come across, this thought come across my mind, and it was distinct. It was clear. It was not like anything I, you know, I, would, I would say I thought before, but it said that if you continue this way, you will be destroyed. And it was super sobering, right? It was almost as if someone was speaking to me, although it wasn't audible. And, and from that moment on, um, that really kind of led me on a path to rediscover my faith. It was uh, a number of months later. I had been hanging out with Christian uh, people. Ironically, right after that, I had some people um, just kind of reach out to me. And they would invite me to come to church, and I wouldn't go. And so they invite me to hang out with them afterwards. And so I'd show up at the you know end of church, and and we go to you know eat eat together, or go see a movie or whatever. 
And I, I credit being in the presence of God in those moments to him working in my heart, even for a few moments. And a couple months after that, that, that one moment that shook me, I ended up giving my life back to God. And what I mean by that is that I chose to believe and I chose to, to change. And a few days later, after that moment, so that was in January, uh, it was you know very early on in January, a few days after that, second semester of school was starting, and I was probably two, three days into class, and I felt inside of me something say, I made you for more than this. I made you for more than this. And I can't tell you why, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I wasn't supposed to be studying at St. Clair College. And so a few days after that, my buddy calls me up and he's like, you know, I give him a ride to school every day and I was supposed to give him a ride that day. I said, listen, I'll give you a ride, but I'm dropping out today. I became a college dropout. And that's what I want to tell you today, that you can become a college dropout too. No, that is not what I want to say. That is not the message today. But as part of my story, I dropped out of school. And then for the next number of months, about six months, I really wrestled with this idea of what more meant. And that led me on another path to do what I'm doing today. And you know what? I think to some level you get that. I think to, to some level, you get the feeling that I got that you were made for more. And where we're hanging out today in Mark chapter 1 speaks a little to that, a little bit to that. We've been looking at the book of Mark. We just, just started this a, number, a couple weeks ago. And today we're reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. You know, just a quick information piece for you. Mark, who wrote the, this account in the New Testament, who was a disciple of the Apostle Peter, uh, he likely took Peter's, um, listened to Peter's um, uh, memories and eyewitness accounts and then he took them and shaped them into this narrative of the life of Jesus that we're that we're studying t together um, so we have a very special guest reader today so why don't you take it away and read Mark chapter 1 verses 14 to 20. After John was put in prison Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God the time has come he said the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Well, thanks, Karen. Thanks for doing that for me and for us. It's so good to see some other faces uh, here while we're uh, watching online or tuning in. Uh, so this is a story, as Mark tells it, of these guys who were called by Jesus to follow after him, to, to become his disciple, to learn from him and to do what he does, to do something more with their life. Now, Let's just, let's just walk through this story a little bit. So the, the, the passage before, Jesus was in the wilderness and he's being tempted by Satan and he comes out of that and obviously some time passes because John the Baptist is now in prison. John the Baptist was put in prison by the Tetrarch Herod uh, who was kind of the overseer of Galilee of the area at the time. And what had happened was John was not afraid to call out Herod for, for, his, uh, for his wrongs. Basically, Herod had unlawfully divorced his wife and then took his brother's wife as his own. And talk about drama, right? And so John said something and then Herod didn't like it. So he put, put John in, in jail. And so now Jesus is picking up where John left off, right? John was, was preparing the way for the Messiah, preparing the way for Jesus. And now Jesus is, is picking up where John left off, announcing that the good news of God had come to repent, to believe, and believe in the good news of God. 
And that really just struck me. I don't know why, but it really just struck me. So I feel like the Spirit wants to say something. That this is not just any news. This is, this is God's news. And this is not just any good news. This is God's good news, right? This is not the coronavirus is done and wiped out and we have nothing to worry about and life's going to go back to normal, and that, which is, would be great news. But this is better than that. This is not parents, your kids can finally go back to school and they're going to be safe and you can just breathe, which would be amazing. But this is, this is better than that. This is, this is something that is much greater and transcends any, any period of good news that we may get. And it's, it's the time had come and the hour had struck that the Old Testament had been pointing to for such a long time where the Messiah would come and establish an, a reign on earth, where, where God would come and establish a reign on earth. Um, uh, and that was about to begin. And so Jesus is going around. He's saying, he's saying, he's saying uh, believe in the good news of God. And he's saying it by saying this, repent. Which means, which means to change, right? It, means, it actually means to turn around, to, to do a, a turn and start walking in the other direction. Um, it's time to have a change of heart and to believe in the good news. And this really resonates with me, and it, and it points towards what we're going to look at with these disciples that Jesus calls out of their boats. It resonates with me because I had this encounter with Jesus that led me to, to give my life back to Him, right? To, to turn from my ways, and to believe in the good news. And many of you are here, you're listening in, you're part of our faith community because you, you believe in Jesus because you had some sort of encounter one way or another or maybe over a period of time. And so you've believed and you've changed, you've, you've repented, you've turned. Now the belief cannot be separate from the change. Right? You, you, you cannot believe and subsequently not change. They, they go hand in hand. They're, they're married in one sense. Now sometimes we try to do one without the other. You got some people who try to who try to change, right, without really believing, and so they, that's basically behavior modification. But we know that doesn't work and it doesn't last because New Year's resolutions tell us that, right? Or we have people who try to to believe and they they don't change. But but is that really believing, right? Is it is it really believing to to believe and not change is not really to believe at all? But because if you truly believe. You're, you're, there's a shift in your thinking that says there was a way in which I was living that sent Jesus to die on the cross. And so to believe in that means I got to change from that way of living, to turn from what the Bible calls sin, wrongdoing. And so in the, the mind of the first century reader, belief in the scripture, when you say believe or when you read believe in the scriptures, it actually had this, this marriage of the two where there was a belief and there was change and, they, and these were going hand in hand. And so Jesus is going around and he's saying, he's saying repent, right? Change, turn and believe. And, and do you know what it really comes down to is a heart thing, that you've had this encounter with, with Jesus. You know, and I need to mention this too, that, that repent doesn't mean Repent and believe doesn't mean change first and then come, right? It doesn't mean you've got to figure out some stuff and meet a certain quota and then you can come. No, it means to turn around and let's start walking this way together. So when Jesus was going around announcing the good news, saying repent and believe, he's saying let's make a turn and come with me as we, as we live this new way of, of living. Now, I love what happens next. I love what happens next. Jesus is walking along the beach, which sounds amazing right about now. I could go for some beach, you know, just warm outdoor stuff. I don't like cold. <laughs> I'm done with winter. I, I don't like rain, even though it you know, rains good for the springtime. You know, April showers bring May flowers. But he's walking along the beach, and he's on the shore, and he sees some guys fishing in their boat, and he calls them to more. He calls them to more. 
Now, what's, what's really interesting from our perspective, reading through our lens, is they just get up and they follow him. You've got to imagine you're in that scene. They're fishing in a boat. Some guys on the shore shouts to them, says, hey, come follow me. They're like, all right. And they just put their stuff down in the middle of the job and just jump out. That's, that's crazy. Nobody does that. Who does that, right? We would, we would not see that happen today. Imagine that happening in your workplace. Now, it's obvious, though, that there was, there was some, there's got to be some level of belief or change that occurred on a deeper level inside of them. So let me break this down into a couple things for you. You know, the first thing that we can, can see is from, and from my understanding, for many years, scholars have been unpacking this idea, and it comes down to the phrase, come follow me. Come follow me. You know, for, for, a, for a, a Jewish boy, historically around the age of six, they would begin studying the first five books of the Bible, what is known as the Torah. Um, they'd be studying the first five books of, of the Bible, learning from it and memorizing it so that by the age of, or the grades four or five around that, around that age group, um, they would have the entire first five of the book of the Bible committed to memory, which is just amazing, right? It's that serious business. Some of us have a hard time just with like a couple of scriptures. From that level, you know, some have said that the, the more proficient ones would go on to, to another level of learning where they begin to, to learn the rest of the Old Testament, committing it to memory or, or learning it by heart. Um, and then even beyond that, the, the, the neck, the more proficient, the ones that had the app for, for learning would, would go on to another level where they'd be meeting with rabbis and talking with them and, and there'd be like this question and answering where the rabbi would ask a question and they'd ask a question and they'd get some answers and so on and so forth. And then right around that time, the teacher, the rabbi would, would look at the, or would find the students that had the, the most aptitude for learning and they would utter the phrase, come follow me, which basically meant you have what it takes to do what I'm doing. So come learn from me and become like me. Now those that, that at any stage in this learning that couldn't continue on, you know, maybe they just didn't have that aptitude for, for knowledge, for understanding, they would leave the education and they would go back and they would work in the family business or they'd pick up a trade and learn, learn the trade. And so you, here in this story, you have guys that are, that are fishing with their fathers. Right? They're in their boats and they're fishing, which could mean that they didn't make the cut. It could mean that they weren't good enough. It could mean that they didn't have that apt for understanding so that a rabbi would call them to follow after him. So how profound is it when Jesus comes, a teacher, a rabbi, and basically says to them, you have what it takes to learn from me, to come after me, and do what I do. Like how profound for that. Like this is like not making the tryouts, right? You're not, you, don't, you don't make it through the tryouts and then another coach comes along and says, no, I think you have what it takes. Now, it's, it's also likely this is not the first time that these guys have encountered Jesus. We get another perspective from John's gospel in John chapter 1. So Andrew, who's one of the guys in the boats, in the boat, he's Peter's brother. He was actually a disciple of John the Baptist. And so when John the Baptist is on the scene, Jesus shows up. John points to Jesus and says, here's the Lamb of God. Andrew, what Andrew does is he stops following John and he starts following Jesus. Literally was following Jesus. And as he's following Jesus, it says that he went and got his brother, who was Peter, and he says, come, we found him. We found the Messiah. Now, if you remember, you've been with us the last couple of weeks. The Jews were anticipating and, and desired for the Messiah who had been prophesied about to come and usher in a, a rule and reign that would, that would deliver them from oppression and all that they'd have been experiencing. And so, so Pete or Andrew's thinking, we found him. We found him. And so he goes and grabs 
um, Peter and they follow after him. So it's likely that these guys have some sort of encounter um, with Jesus beforehand. Even James and, and John who are in the other boat, they've likely heard the message, repent and believe. They've likely had the, 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 the change occur inside of them that says, this guy is the guy that I need to be following. I'm believing in him and I'm turning from my ways, which is the first call. So now they're in their boats, right? They've gone through that education and they, they've, figured, they've seen Jesus the Messiah. They're in their boats and Jesus comes along, who they believe is this, is this messianic ruler who's going to come. And he says, come follow me. Right, you put all that understanding together, how powerful of a moment. Like imagine you're them, you're, you're them. You think I have what it takes? Right? You, you think I have what it takes to do what you do? Like this is the Jewish Messiah. Jesus is in the business of calling people to follow him who don't think they're worthy of him. Right? Jesus is in the business of calling people who think they're not worthy to come after him. So I want you to lean into this this morning, okay? I want you to lean in a little bit. So wherever you are, whatever you're watching from, you know, wherever you're tuning in from, just, just lean in for a moment. Just, just, just get, get into this. Some of you aren't leaning. I can't, I can't tell. I can't see you. <laughs> you know, the first thing I, I caught that caught my eye is that he called them out from where they were. He called them out from where they were. They're just doing their own thing. They're following their own plan, making business happen. And that's where Jesus calls them from. Unlike other rabbis, he's not waiting for them to reach a certain level of understanding before he calls them to follow him. He's not waiting until they get a certain skill or ability or even life change before he invites them to come after him and to do what he's doing. He's calling them out from where they were. Can I just say that I believe that God is calling you out from where you are. God is calling you out from where you are. He's not waiting for you to reach a certain level. He's not waiting you for to, to get a certain understanding. He's not, he's, not, he's not asking you to be a certain pedigree, to have a certain level of education, a certain base of knowledge before he says, I've, I've got more for you. But he calls you out from where you are and says, you can do what I'm doing. You can be like me. You can do more. And the question for, I, I think, for all of us this morning is, are we going to respond? And this is not just for people who are watching who maybe you don't even know what you believe about God yet. But this is for people who have believed and have turned, have repented. Are you ready for more? You don't need, you don't need to, to reach a certain degree. You know, maybe you're here, maybe you've believed and you've changed. Are you willing to, to pursue the purposes that God has for your life? Are you willing to, to step in to the purposes that He has for you, to the more? Jesus had more purposes for the, the disciples. So he's calling them out from where they were. Number two is he's calling them out to follow him. He's calling them out of one way of living and into a new one. He's saying, come follow me. And he says to them, and I will make you fish for people. You got to think that there's that one dude that's like, how are you going to fish for people? Like, you know, but he's, he's calling them to a, to a deeper purpose. He's saying, no longer live for you but live for something so much greater. I have purpose for you, is what he's saying. I have purpose for you. Now this is what you, again, we need to understand. This is not the call to repent and believe. That's the initial call, which it's likely they've had. This is, this is the next level. Now that you believe, now that you believe and you've turned towards a different direction, come follow me and let me unveil the purpose that I have for your life. You have what it takes come out of there. The call of God is to leave your plan and to follow his plan. 
you know, maybe you got plans for your life. You know, maybe you got, you got dreams, you got aspirations, you want to own your own island one day, which would be crazy, right? Maybe you want to get a vacation home, maybe you want to retire by a certain age, you know, you just have goals. And that's not wrong. I think, I think that's not wrong. But Jesus might have some other plans for you. You know, these, these guys, they were fishermen, they're likely going to take over the family business one day, but Jesus had something else in mind. And so he says to them, stop doing that and come and do this. Stop doing that and come and do this. It meant abandoning all that they had held dear and all earthly security and simple commitment to Jesus. You know, our, our vision here at Parkway Church is for all people to experience Jesus in a way that changes your life. That's our vision statement. It's why we do what we do. It's what drives us. You know, and underneath that, we, we have four goals that we've kind of established that guide, guide all the things we do, and that is know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We want all people to come to know God intimately in relationship with Him. We want you to find freedom from your hang-ups, from your habits, from the things that hold you back. We want you to discover your purpose, you know, your gifts and your talents and your abilities and, and why you're shaped the way you're shaped so that you can make a difference. And when I look at this text, the, the call of repent and believe that John had first started, that Jesus was, was also going on, that's the know God and find freedom, right? Believe, know God, you know, find freedom, repent, turn from your ways. But then this, this next level of come follow me, that's to discover your purpose. He's calling these disciples out. He's saying, come discover your purpose. You believe, but come discover your purpose. Come discover why you've been made. You know, maybe you're here and you've been feeling inside of you that you were created for, for more. That's God. That's God inside of you saying, I have more for you. You know, for me, um, I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew he was calling me out of something. I knew that I knew that I knew that I wasn't supposed to be studying at St. Clair College. And listen, it's not a career thing all the time. It was for me. I was pursuing a life that wasn't what has purposes for me. But sometimes it's not a career thing. Sometimes it's a lifestyle thing. You're just chasing the American dream, Canadian dream, North American dream. You're chasing the big life. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I have. I have more for you. Maybe for you it's a recreational thing. You spend so much time doing some sort of recreation. Maybe not right now because we're all quarantined. But he's saying, no, stop. I got something else I want you to do with your time. Maybe for you it's a mindset thing. But what he's saying is he's saying, come out of that and come and follow me. Now, here's what that meant for the Jewish boy following the, a Jewish disciple following a Jewish rabbi. It meant that the rabbi's teaching became the standard for the way of life, for their way of life. You know, so for us, if we're going to follow after Jesus, that means that we need to put off our way of doing things and we need to put on his way of doing things. That means we have to learn his teaching. In order to do that, we have to know what it is, is his way of life. See, some people, they say they believe in Jesus. They even go to church. They don't have a clue what he teaches. They don't have a clue what, what his way of living is. But if we're going to follow after him, if we're going to come after him, we're going to do what he does, we have to know what he's teaching. We have to know what he teaches. So he calls them out um, from where they are. He calls them out of where they are. And then finally is he gives them vision for what it looks like. He says, I will make you fish for people. I'll make you fish for people. You know, so they had this earlier encounter with Jesus. Andrew grabs his brother Peter, says, we found the Messiah, let's follow him. They're in their boats, they have this second encounter 
where he calls them out of their pursuit of becoming the best fishermen in the Galilean region. And he says, I got, I got more for you. Take on my teaching. And he gives them a vision for what it looks like. He gave them vision. Now, here's the thing with vision. At the time that they got this, they didn't know what it, what it was. They didn't really know uh, what it meant. All they were was Jewish guys following their Jewish rabbi who said that they had what it takes. And that's sometimes what vision is like. It's not always clear cut. We don't always know exactly where we're going in it all. But it's, it's, a, it's a driving force that compels us forward. So let me ask you a question. Do you have vision for your life? Do you have God's vision for your life? Because reality is, is you're chasing something. You're pursuing something. But is what you're pursuing God-given? Are you pursuing God's vision for your life? What has God revealed to you about what He's called you to do, and are you chasing it? Can I just let you in on a big secret? You can't tell anybody. Actually, I want you to tell everybody. This, this vision for fish for people, it wasn't just for them. It's for you. And it's for you. And it's for you at the back. And it's for you that are listening in, but you're not watching the screen. It's for you that are driving in your car and you're listening to the podcast. It's for you that are trying to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Maybe you're 18 and you're trying to think about your career. It's for you that are approaching retirement in a couple of years and you're just you're working towards that. It's for you. It's for me. It's for everybody. It's a universal calling for every disciple of Jesus. Now, it may look different for each of us. It may look different for each of us, but it's all about spreading the good news of God. You know, right now, our, our media and tech team, the kind of the, the, the leaders of those, of those ministries, are meeting more now than maybe we have ever before. And what's, what's cool about that is you see different people who have different talents and abilities and experience and knowledge bases that are coming together using their individual gifts to serve one common purpose. You know, I think, I think we as preachers have done a little bit of a disservice to people by pointing them towards to chase after God's purpose for their individual lives. And I think that's good, and I think that's wise, and it's part of what gives me passion. It's part of why I do what I do. But, but I think the problem with that is, is people end up trying to chase after this and pray for it and, and figure out what it is, and they wrestle with it, and they never really feel like they've figured out what God wants them to do with their life because they associate it to a job. But we have done a disservice because we've missed out on the biggest piece. That God's purpose for your life is attached to your gifting. And so we're all gifted differently so that we can serve the body of Christ for this one common goal. And that's to continue the mission of spreading the good news of God. You know, I'm not entirely sure that the disciples stopped fishing. I know fishermen. You guys love to do what you do. You can throw some fish my way, by the way. Don't throw it. Just place it on my porch. Maybe in a bag, because it would just be really gross if we just left it on concrete. But I'm not entirely sure that they stopped. You know, Paul in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle, if you don't know who Paul is, he's, he's a significant character in the New Testament. You can read about him in the book of Acts. A lot of the New Testament books that we have in Scripture were written by Paul, letters that he wrote to different churches. He was actually someone who hated the church. He hated Christians, and he actually had letters from Jewish authorities to go in and jail Christians in, uh, in around the first century. And so he's on this, on this journey to go do this, and he has this encounter with Jesus that rocks his world and changes him, right? He, he repents, he does a, a, does a 180, and he starts to, to pursue a different way of living. He believes in Jesus now, and he starts to go out and fish for people. He starts starting new churches, he raises um, leaders, um, but he never stops tent making. 
Tent making is his job that provides for his purpose. You know, um, you don't need to leave your job to come fall after Jesus. God's purpose for your life isn't attached to a job unless he tells you, unless he says, listen, I need you to do this and stuff. He'll do that. But God gave them a vision for what it's going to look like. And he's giving us vision that what we're pursuing is continuing the announcement that the good news of God has come. John prepared it. Jesus established it, and we are continuing it. We are continuing it. That is the purpose that God has for you. It may look, it may look different on how you accomplish that. It's different. I do it differently than you're going to do it differently, and you're going to do it differently than you're going to do it differently. But God has a purpose, and He's calling you out from where you are. He's saying, come, follow after me. No longer live that way of life. But start to pursue this mission, this purpose of fishing for people, of spreading the good news of God, of living for more. So we're going to close a little bit differently today you know, than we have in the last few weeks. We're going to actually have the worship team lead us in another song. And if we were meeting together physically, this would be something that we would do. We would, we would worship along with the team again, and we would reflect and we would respond to maybe what God was saying in our hearts. And so we're going to actually do that to, today, you know, right after the, the team's going to lead us again another song. And I just want to, I want to, I want to speak to two groups of people before they do. Because I think there's two groups of people that are listening to this. Because there's two calls in this message. The first is this, and if this is you, this will resonate, that Jesus is calling you to repent and believe. You know, maybe you stumbled across this, maybe someone invited you to this, but something inside of you is saying, this is it. This is what you need. You need to believe in Jesus you need to repent. You need to turn right from your ways and, and start following after Jesus. You need, to, you need to receive His forgiveness for your sins. Recognize that there's a way that you, you were living that is not what God intends. And so He's calling you to repent and believe. And what I would love for you to do is when the worship team leads us, just respond to that. Respond to that. Connect with God and believe, believe in Him and turn from your ways. And listen, even after this, this service today, we're here for you. We're willing to pray for you. You can comment in the chats. You can reach out to us, you know, on our website. There's a weareparkway.com slash prayer. Call us, email us, whatever it is. We're here to help you begin that journey. You know, and if you're doing that today, if you're making that decision to believe and to turn towards Jesus, um, just let us know so we can help you with some next steps. You know, just let us know by getting in touch because we want to help you. The second group is this, is that you've already done that. You've already believed and you've turned towards Jesus. You've turned from sin. You've turned towards Jesus. But you're still fishing. right? You're still doing your own thing. You're still pursuing your plans. But something inside of you is saying that you were made for more. You were made for more. Jesus is calling you to come and follow after Him to fish for people. Like that sounds really strange. It does. It's metaphorical, right? You know, for me, what that looked like is I, I, I had an encounter with Jesus. A few months later, I gave my life to Jesus. I believed and I changed, right? I turned towards Him. And then a few days after that, for me, He says, I got more. Come and follow me. It's a subsequent choice. It's a subsequent decision. So when the worship team leads us, I want to encourage you to make that decision. To decide and choose to follow after His purposes for your life and not your purposes. And so what I want to do is uh, I want to pray for you, for us, 
and then the team is going to lead us in some worship to respond. Would you bow your heads? Father, we need you. We need you to bring clarity to this moment. Holy Spirit, would you just speak as only you could speak? Lord, to those of us that are here and, and you're telling them right now that they need to repent and believe. They need to believe in you as Lord and Savior. And they need to turn from their sin, God, and turn towards, towards you to, to do that 180, God, to start living for Christ. I pray that that, that that voice that's telling them right now, that thought, that impression would be so strong and so clear, God, that as we respond and worship, Lord, that they would do so. They'd make that decision today. Be with them, Father God, and help them. Lord, I just lift them up in prayer right now to you. Lord, and for that second group, Lord, uh, those of us who have already believed and we've turned towards you, but we're still doing our own thing. We're still, uh, you know, living our own plans, God. And I know, God, there's a, there's a part of that, that that's, that's not wrong. But Lord, I know that there's some people here today listening that you're calling them to more. You're calling them to go deeper. You're calling them to the next level. And that's to begin the journey of fishing for other people, God, of pursuing the common goal of spreading the good news of God. And so I just ask in Jesus' name, would you bring clarity to their thinking, clarity to that voice? Would you speak so clearly, Holy Spirit, make it so strong that they can't help but make the decision to follow after you? Lord, we just pray, God, I pray for every person tuning in today. Would you just bless, Lord? We're in a difficult season. We're in a, a changing time, but we know that you're still in control. Guide us as a church, Lord. Bless this church, Father God, as we continue to make decisions to move forward. Guide us as the leaders of the church to make wise decisions, Father God. And Lord, I pray, God, that as we're in this season, God, we never stop looking towards the God who is still good and still in control. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, listen, I just want to say this one last thing and then the team's going to lead us. It wasn't enough for these guys just to hear Jesus say it. They had to make the decision, the decided step to take a step. They had to take a step, get out of their boats and follow after him. You know, it's not just enough for me to say this and for you to hear it. It's not just enough for you to hear it in your heart. You need to make the decision today and take the step. It's your turn. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with Him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.